Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is January 29th through February 4th of the Come Follow Me program associated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It is the year 2024, which means we're in the Book of Mormon. And for this week, we are at the end of 1 Nephi before going into 2 Nephi next week. Now, there was something that I learned recently about the Leahona that totally blew my mind. <laughs> and that might be because I'm just way behind on things. But I want to share what I learned about the Leahona. And then I want to talk about principles that we can pull from this really cool thing that I learned. Now, there is a man who wrote an article for BYU. His name is Robert L. Bunker, and he wrote about this engineering phenomenon called a fault-tolerant system. Now, it's just it sounds really, really fancy, and it probably is really, really fancy in computer systems. But essentially, this is what it is. You have a computer, and it does the same process two times. Okay, And as it does it two times, if both of them are the same at the end of that process, then the computer's like, okay, we did this right. We're going to continue on, right? Now, if the computer does the process two times and one ends up being different than the other one, then the computer can sense that something went wrong in its processing and it can detect its own faults. It is a fault-tolerant system, which is... Super, super, super awesome. <laughs> now, maybe I'm super behind this. When I talked to my husband about it, he was like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> anyway, but because of this article written by Robert L. Bunker, I learned that the Lord built a fault-tolerant system into the Liahana, right? Until recently, until I was an adult, it didn't even register in my mind that the Liahona had two spindles and not just one spindle and why this would even matter. I remember it dawned on me as an adult, like, oh, like there's two spindles. Why are there two spindles? So I Googled it. <laughs> and I found this article by Robert L. Bunker saying you needed those two, er those two arrows, those two spindles, right? Now, the verse that I want to read, it's not actually in this week's readings, but it is about the Liahona. So I'm going to count it and then I'm going to read it. So this is Alma. It's chapter 37, and it is verse 40. It's talking about the Leahona. It says, And it did work for them according to their faith in God. Therefore, if they had faith to believe that God could cause that those spindles should point the way they should go, behold, it was done. Therefore, they had this miracle and also many other miracle, miracles wrought by the power of God day by day. So cause those spindles to point where they should go, right? For both spindles to point where they should go. Plural. More than one spindle. And they would both point. Now, this makes absolute sense because if there's just one spindle, one spindle is always going to point in a direction. It's never not going to point in a direction because, you know, it's a spindle. So it's always going to be pointing in a direction how would Lehi's family have known whether it was not pointing in the right direction, right? If they waned or faltered in their faith and diligence, that spindle was going to continue pointing in the same direction, right? It's obvious why we needed these two spindles. 
so that Lehigh's family could be like, oh, they're pointing in different directions. It's probably because it's not working. Why is it not working? Oh, well, maybe it is our faith and diligence, right? Now, first of all, <laughs> little tangent, but still, it is absolutely awesome to me that Joseph Smith included this in the Book of Mormon. Not that he included it, but that, I don't know, it's just evidence to me of the Book of Mormon, right? Joseph Smith, with all three years of his formal schooling, would have thought of this to include this idea of these two spindles, right? These two spindles, even though this formal concept of fault-tolerant systems was not actually formally invented until the 1940s. And he just happened to throw that in there in the three months that he was rec- that he was translating the entire record of the Book of Mormon. Super, super cool. I digress. Now, I obviously cannot claim this for myself. That's why I keep saying Robert L. Bunker, because I learned it from him and his article. I cannot claim that. However, I, I wanted to get a step farther. So in this article, it makes it very apparent why the Lord would provide that second spindle for Lehi's family. It is very important for their family to know whether their Leahona is working, right? Whether they should be following it. It's very, very important. It's also really awesome because the Lord didn't want the Leahona to just tell him where to go, right? He didn't want it to just be like, oh, you followed me in the wilderness, one act of faith, good job, here's what you need. It's going to take you wherever you need to go. Rather, he made the Leahona a tool for them to practice their faith, to practice faith and diligence, to continue in their faith and diligence. He made it into a tool where they could have very purposeful practice of their faith with these two spindles. So it's really, really obvious why the Lord provided this for Lehi's family. I think it's absolutely incredible that I learned this from the article, but I do want to take a step further. The Book of Mormon was written for our day, right? And when we observe the Leahona and we observe it as a symbol for things in our own lives about how to receive revelation, then why was there a second spindle in that kind of context, right? What do we learn? What spiritual implications do we learn from the fact that the Lord provided a second spindle? We know why it was necessary for Lehi's family, but what about us? There's something that we can learn from the fact that the Lord provided a second spindle. And there's two things that I'm going to talk about in relation to the second spindle. The first one, the Lord provided, when it comes to doctrine, when it comes to doctrine, the Lord provided dual pathways of revelation, two pathways, right? Two processes trying to receive the same answer, dual pathways of revelation. Like much of the world, we believe that we can turn to the Lord and receive revelation directly from the Lord. We can receive personal revelation. We also believe not only that we can, but that it is ex- like pretty crucial to our exaltation, right? When we are forced to seek out our own personal revelation, we are stretching and growing and listening. And as we're trying to listen, we're developing that relationship with the Savior. And it's really that relationship with the Savior that's going to save us, right? We believe that this personal line of communication with the Lord is absolutely critical, right? Not to mention this personal line of revelation makes it so that I don't have to ask the prophet whether I should study elementary education in college, right? He cannot answer that for everybody. Personal life, 
one of these pathways of revelation. Absolutely crucial. The world is also a pretty good example for why we need that second pathway of revelation. Why this fault tolerant system is so helpful. Okay, so this second pathway for revelation, President Oaks coined it the priesthood line. So we have the personal line of revelation, we have the priesthood line of revelation. And there's probably lots of things that go into the priesthood line of revelation, but one of the main ones that we talk about a lot is this idea that we have a prophet who guides the church, how Christ wants his church guided. Now, like I said, the world is a really good example of why this second line of revelation is so helpful <laughs> in creating a fault-tolerant system. So there was a time when I was proselyting on a campus, on IU campus, on my mission. And there was this table set up, and it was by a bunch of different Christian denominations who were trying to spread the word just like we were. And so we decided we were going to try to make friends with them. And they're very quickly to denounce us as non-Christians, which happens a lot. Bye. Whatever. And I continued to try to talk to them for a minute. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so we have some differing doctrines, but you guys have differing doctrines, right? Like, you guys don't believe exactly the same thing about Christ either. And they're very quick to be like, oh, but we believe all of the most important things, right? Like, we all the most important things that are absolutely crucial we agree on all of those things. And I found this really interesting because in my conversation with them, they had already talked, they also talked about the fact that part of the group believed that baptism was an essential ordinance, that you, if you wanted to go to heaven, you had to be baptized, that that was a requirement. And then there are others who did not believe that baptism was a requirement. And if you were to ask me, for I would have probably classified this particular doctrine, this particular difference as important because it was kind of pertaining to, you know, salvation. So I would have classified that as important. But that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Having this fault tolerant system of two lines, right, of, of revelation can help us know what the doctrine is, can help us establish that doctrine and find the truth about who Christ really is, about what he really wants for us in these latter days. Now, there are random quotes by random priesthood leaders all throughout history, but canonized doctrine is repeated over and over and over and over again in the light. It's not in the dark. It is repeated in the light. We know what we believe. And it is these two lines that provide that fault-tolerant system so that we can know what is true doctrine from the Lord. Now, this priesthood line and this personal revelation line, they're really great for establishing doctrine, right? That is an awesome, fault-tolerant system for doctrine. But I want to ask about personal decisions, okay? Because we need to receive revelation from the Lord about doctrine, but it is also extremely helpful to receive revelation from the Lord about personal decisions, right? About decisions that don't have a right answer about doctrine, right? So, for example, what career should I choose? <laughs> Who should I marry? Should we move? How can I help my child with this particular issue, right? There are 
lots of very specific questions we have about our lives that don't have right answers that can just be given to the entire church, right? So what are the fail-safes for the personal decisions that we have to make? Now, there are plenty of times in our lives when there is not a right answer, right? I can ask the Lord, where should I move? And to him, it might not matter where I move because I can be righteous in Texas and I can be righteous in Virginia and in Utah and all over the entire world. I can be righteous. There might not be a right answer. But I have lived long enough to know that sometimes there is a right answer. And sometimes the Lord has a specific answer that he wants to reveal to us about personal decisions. So how can I know that I am on the right path when it comes to my personal decisions? What is my second spindle to help me know that I am actually, that my Leon is working, that my personal revelation that I'm receiving is working? What is my second spindle? I kind of have two answers to this. The first one, it was something that was given to me by the Lord while I was preparing for preparing to teach at FSY last year. I got to teach at FSY. It's absolutely amazing. And the Lord kind of gave me a challenge to give to these youth. And it was, honestly, it was really good for me too. I did it too. And it was a way to practice revelation to understand how the Lord speaks to you. So we were in this perfect opportunity. And when I say we, I mean me and the youth. We were in this perfect opportunity to be able to hear the Lord. It was an extremely spiritual environment, not to mention these youth were already carrying a journal around everywhere they were going because they were given this little FSY journal. And so the challenge was this. It was to write down any thought that could even potentially be a a prompting, right? So something popped into their head and they're like, maybe that's a prompting. I told them, don't even question it. Write it down and write down everything that can potentially be a prompting. Now, obviously, not everything was going to be a prompting, right? Perhaps they're all good thoughts and they're all good actions to follow through on. Maybe you had a thought like, oh, maybe I should make sure that I'm really including that person in our group who might feel a little bit left out. Maybe that wasn't a prompting. Maybe that was because you're a good person and you noticed that you should probably include somebody. Maybe it wasn't a prompting. (laughs) But by writing everything down, writing everything down, you were creating a second spindle, right? You were able to look at it and establish a pattern like, oh, like when I received these particular thoughts, it felt like this and it felt different than all these other thoughts. Maybe this is how the Lord speaks to me and this is how I can recognize it when he's talking to me. It is very helpful to write down everything because all of a sudden you're able to see a difference. You're able to see a second spindle. You're able to see you're ha- you have something to compare it to, to know whether you're on the right path, whether you're actually hearing what the Lord is trying to tell you. It's very helpful to have that second spindle for the comparison. Now, my second answer to this question, what is our second spindle? <laughs> you might not like this one as much. The second spindle, I have no idea what it looks like for you. And maybe you don't even know yet what it looks like for you. But if you learn nothing else from this lesson, that the Lord provided a fault tolerance system in the Liahona, if you learn nothing else from this fact, learn that there is a second spindle. 
Okay. <laughs> even if you don't know what it looks like yet, even if you've not consciously been able to be like, oh, I know how the Lord speaks to me. Even if you've not been able to super consciously figure that out yet, you can trust that there is a second spindle that the Lord has set up for you. If you have a really, really big decision and you're worried about whether you're making the right decision for you and your family, you can trust that he will be able to speak to you. You can trust that he will be able to speak to you in a way that you can understand. And this can come in a lot of different forms, right? He can close a door. He can open a door. He can guide your desires. And you don't even know he's guiding your desires, right? Maybe even in the future, you don't even realize that he was guiding your desires. Or sometimes you get this really big warning, like, you're going down the wrong path. Trade, right? No matter what, have faith. Rejoice, because the Lord has a second spindle. And he will let you know if you are continuously turning to him. If you are trying to follow him, if you are praying to him regularly, he will communicate it to you somehow in a way that you can understand, or he will just somehow provide a way for you to be able to follow that path correctly by closing and opening doors, guiding your desires. My testimony is this. (laughs) My testimony is this. The Lord has a second spindle and he can guide you, even if you don't know what that second spindle looks like. Now, if everything else fails, let's say that everything I just testified to you, it all fails completely. (laughs) I testify of a third spindle. And some fault-tolerant systems do have more than one processing, right? Like, they'll have more than two processes. So the computer's like, okay, we're going to process this twice, get the same answer. Some of these fault-tolerant systems... They process it more than two times and they process it multiple times to know whether there is some kind of fault in the processing. There is a third spindle and it's called the atonement of Jesus Christ. It can turn all bad into good. All things shall work together for them that trust in the Lord. When I was looking to get married to Connor, <laughs> it's a wild story, honestly. I was feeling a lot of anxiety. He was feeling a lot of anxiety too. I was feeling a lot of anxiety and I was trying so hard to get an answer about whether I should marry Connor. And I had been trying for such a long time to get an answer about whether I should marry Connor. It's been a year and a half and I wasn't really getting anything super strong. Not to mention I was having lots of issues in my head. So I didn't even know if I had gotten an answer, if I could trust my answer, if I could trust my head. I digress. I got to the point where my answer, or at least my conclusion, was that if I married Connor and everything ended in this burning, fiery mess of a divorce, everything that could go wrong went wrong, the Lord would not be able to be mad at me because I was trying so hard to do what he wanted me to do. And I knew that no matter how badly it failed, the Savior could turn it into a triumph for me. I don't recommend getting married by Jeff. Worked out really, really well for us, but I don't recommend getting married like that. I've learned a lot about marriage that makes those thoughts a little sillier now. However, it still teaches the same principle. You cannot fail if you're trying to follow Christ because he performed the atonement of Jesus Christ and it turns everything into a triumph. His atonement is not fault tolerant. It is fault proof. You cannot fail in us. To where the atomic cannot make up for it. 
And I'm so grateful for that. I am grateful for a savior who revealed the Book of Mormon to Joseph Smith so that I could learn more. I could learn more about his dealings with his children. I'm grateful that he chose to include these absolutely amazing, cool little details that we can gain so much insight from. I am grateful that he created multiple systems so that I could be okay while trying to make it through this life so that I would have the opportunity to act in faith (laughs) so that I could grow. I know that all of these things that he created, all these details, these systems, the Book of Mormon, all of these things came about because he loves me. And I'm grateful for that. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.